0: You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Duma on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome to Hour for The Big Show, live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Cracked Foundation, Boeing Foundation walls, we have a simple, permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all, all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Opening day of the Masters, I can tell you this, Adrian Maronk and Victor Hovland are your leaders. Maronk uh, through eight, he's a two under. Hovland off to a great start. He's two under through two. Tiger Woods throwing around, uh, he's uh, easy even through two. Mike Weir, he's just cruising through 14 holes already. Also at even. Best golf tournament of the year. Masters, well underway down in Augusta, Georgia. Going to be the only nice day. Gonna get some rain. Gonna get some nastiness throughout the weekend. Big weekend! Big weekend for the Calgary Roughnecks down at the Dome. They welcome Panther City as uh, their playoff uh, race continues. Uh, we go down the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline. We're joined by a goaltender from those Calgary Roughnecks, Christian Del Bianco. Thank you so much this morning uh, for joining me.
1: No, no worries. Thanks for having me. How's uh, how's uh, life out in Vancouver right now? Uh, it's raining. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. But you know, <laughs> we've had some good weather for the most part. So. I probably shouldn't complain.
0: Yeah, I heard you guys were getting some sun. I saw like somebody was cutting their grass. They they mentioned on Twitter because they were showing like the storms in Winnipeg and like oh, I'm in Langley and I was cutting my grass.
1: Yeah, no, it's not been a bad little stretch we've had here.
0: Well, yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty good here as well uh, starting this weekend. Uh, Christian, I hear you're a big UFC fan. How excited are you for that rumored UFC 289 card? That's, uh, they owe, they owe us here in Calgary from that UFC 149, one of the worst cards ever, but how excited are you for possibly getting the UFC here in Calgary?
1: No, no, it's, it's an exciting thing, right? And we kind of, we have a couple guys on the team that are pretty big UFC guys. Whenever we have a chance to catch a card after one of our games, occasionally we'll, we'll kind of get all the guys together. And then Bob McMahon, our, uh, offense quarter slip we all call him he's he's pretty big into it and he loves to make kind of friendly wagers with, <laughs> with some the guys on the team so it, it's a fun thing it's always better when
0: you get some uh wagering going who are some of your favorite fighters
1: uh you know i'm not too i like rob whitaker okay i mean i like uh dustin pori i'm kind of all over the map all right. i'm not uh too too biased i like most of the guys in the, the top a little bit that kind of really go for it and are trying to win fights rather than just scorecard fight, but uh, it's definitely one of those sports where it's kind of crazy. It's maybe not for me personally, <laughs> but uh, you watch it. Those guys kind of have to have that resiliency and just that mental fortitude to in there knowing the, the risk they're putting themselves in.
0: Oh, yeah. How do you feel about the, the whole uh, merger with uh, WWE and UFC coming together to form uh, a giant $21 billion global sports and entertainment mecca?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, one of those things where money obviously talks, oh, yeah. right? I think any any situation like that, obviously it, it makes sense for both companies and the amount of money that they have to front and kind of do crossovers and different options like that I think is going to be a pretty big thing. And I think with both those sports, you see kind of the the Dubai and all that, mm-hmm. and that market opening up. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, this
0: is uh, my first time talking with you, so talk to me about your journey to the National Lacrosse League. I know you had the privilege uh, growing up out in uh, the lower mainland, a lot of future NLL stars growing up. I'm sure that only uh, helped fuel the fire uh, to get you here.
1: Yeah, you know, it's definitely one of those things where uh, growing up where we did grow up, it's a pretty big lacrosse community, and we just kind of had that ability to play with all these guys that were future NLL players, right, and you grew up in Coquitlam. It's it's it wasn't really much of a hockey city. It was more of a lacrosse yeah. city. So I was pretty fortunate for that reason.
0: Hey, you had a you, you grew up uh, watching Dane Dobie. Then you had a chance to play with him here in Calgary, and then now you're watching him play with San Diego. Talk about uh, about Dane.
1: Yeah, you know what? Dane was one of those guys kind of in Coquitlam. He was Coquitlam senior at that point, yeah. and obviously playing in Calgary. So when I was kind of a little guy, that was one of the guys that we got to go watch. Right, it was guys like him, Daryl Beltman stuff like that, right? Playing mm-hmm. just in the local arena, but definitely you get to know him as a player, right? And you get to kind of just see what kind of guy he is. And that was kind of an interesting transition, right? And then uh, obviously, sadly, we're playing against him now, but, yeah. you know, he's he was a great player in Calgary. And well, for sure. there's a lot of guys in our dressing room that have a ton of respect for him and obviously are kind of friends with him to this day. And now it's kind of just trying to settle the score, right? We're all competitors. They obviously got the season series on us, so we got to take care of our business for now. And hopefully we get another shot against them in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, exactly. They are the the top team right now in the Western conference. It's been a solid season for your group sitting second, uh, kind of where you've been all year. It's just been, you know, just behind San Diego, but you've been solid in that second spot from your perspective. How's the 2023 season
1: gone so far? You know, I think it's, it's pretty good, right? There's always the, the unknowns, right? When you lose guys like Curtis Dixon and Dan the year before. Right. And, I think the the word rebuild is one of those words that no one likes to throw mm-hmm. around, but you always question, right? And I think we've done a pretty good job at just retooling. And I think more so than retooling, just guys stepping up into bigger roles, right? I think some of our guys that kind of maybe were more of a role player have became more prominent in our system. And obviously it's not a, not a kind of lie that we're built from the back end out. So when you have players like Zach Curry, who's, probably the transition player of the year every year it seems like and then Shane Simpson stepping up Eli Salama having a bigger role Jeff Cornwall has been a big addition Curtis Manning's kind of that steady presence so you can kind of go on and on about guys on the back end and then having to to kind of book pieces with uh, Kinger and Pacer on the offense really kind of brings that side of the floor together
0: now, Vegas was added to the league this year. Uh feels like the NLL is entering another level, like another echelon of popularity. Do you feel that as a player perspective? You've seen that the NL is getting getting more love, like Gretzky getting involved in the ownership group with the with the Desert Dogs and whatnot?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's just getting the product out there, right? Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing in years past, right, we haven't really had that TV deal, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of had the Bleacher Report Live thing going on, but the, the kind of the uneducated fan or the person just, scrolling across isn't going to fall upon it that way right so Mm -hmm. now that we're getting more tv exposure right i think it's really big to bring it to new new fans and new new places right where maybe somebody in winnipeg or maybe somebody in uh montreal is just kind of flipping through tsn and a game's on right and they say oh what's this right Mm -hmm. and at that point it's kind of the product can just sell itself
0: now um no, sorry, sorry. Uh, Panther City, the opponent, uh, they're fighting with you guys right now for the second spot. You'll see them once more this in Fort Worth at the end of the year uh, for both your guys' final games. What are some of the things that Panther City do well and what you need to do to, to counter them?
1: Yeah, you know, they're they're one of those kind of teams. They've obviously tooled up their offense pretty good here. They brought in a guy like Callum Crawford, and they got a ton of young talent offensively with guys like uh, Malcolm and Donville and Dodds, right? So I think it's just playing our system, playing it honest, and I think our last game obviously wasn't our best one down in San Diego, right? We played some sloppy lacrosse, Mm -hmm. and I think uh, a lot of us kind of were left with a sour taste because we know that's not us, so I think we're just going to go out there and control the game five minutes at a time, right? And there's going to be five-minute segments where they win, but I think just if we stay the course and play the way we should – I think we're generally going to have success.
0: Yeah, San Diego feels like they've been doing that to, uh, to almost everybody this year. He's just been making, making uh, work for, for their opponent. Uh, now, with you guys in the, in the community, I, I talked with Ty Pilson a few weeks back from Calgary Lacrosse, and he was like, talked about your guys getting involved with them. Uh, what, what is your involvement in the community when you get out to Calgary? I know you guys aren't always here, you're, you're, tra- you're, you're back and forth from where you live and whatnot, but what is uh, your involvement with uh, getting lacrosse out in the community?
1: You know, it's kind of a, a different thing going into a different market, yeah. right? For for a lot of our Western guys, but we have guys like Harry Matzioka, DT, right, that are local guys, so they kind of have those junior grassroots ties. And then, just with working with the the Roughnecks now, we're doing some kid camps, right? And it's kind of fun for guys like me, Zach, Currier, or Pacer, or Eli, all that, to kind of get out, get exposed to the different communities they have in Calgary, and just kind of in lacrosse outside of BC, especially for yeah. us, right? So it's pretty fun. We have some of the best fans in the league, and it's kind of always a fun thing when you, you see a fan at the end of the game and they said, oh, I'm coming to the camp tomorrow, right? Some of the kids mm-hmm. you get to go run around on the floor with them.
0: Now, I, I talked with Ty, and I we, we both kind of agreed, and I think a lot of people know that like lacrosse is a great sport to build skill-wise. Like, let's say like, a person's a predominant hockey player like, and they need something to play in the summer. Lacrosse is a great way to keep skills up if you do think hockey is your sport
1: yeah 100 percent, right and i think we used to see that all the time right mm-hmm. where you'd have the the hockey kids in the winter and then they'd come play box lacrosse with us right yeah and it's kind of a similar physicality similar cardio right the hand dial all of that but i think at the end of the day that the more sports kids are playing the better right wow. i think i was one of those kids where i was so dead set on i would just want to play one sport and one sport only mm-hmm. right even if my parents wanted me to change it up and i think in hindsight i wish i i started more sports at a young age right because i think you get to that age where you say oh i'm not going to start now because i'm not going to be very good Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff right so i think it's great exposure right and it's just finding what sport is kind of best for each individual kid
0: we're talking with uh, Christian DelBianco, goaltender for the Calgary Roughnecks. Now, your last home game, it was the St. Paddy's Day party. It's uh, it's the biggest party game of the year for the the stand. I, you just going to the Roughnecks games. It's it's one of the best atmospheres in this city for sure. This week it's the superhero game. Do you get a kick out of some of the costumes that you might see during warm up? We know the building's always electric. You know, it feels a little crazier when a theme is maybe applied to it.
1: Yeah. You know, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty good one. And and usually kind of this last little stretch of the year, right. They have some of the theme nights, the fan appreciation nights, that. So it's, it's pretty big draws. And that St. Patrick's game, we all kind of went out of the tunnel and, and we usually have good crowds, but that was kind of one of those ones where you kind of look up and everyone's like, you know what, man, this is pretty cool. Right. You don't, you don't take it for granted where we get to play. Right. There's other teams Mm -hmm. in the league where you walk out, there's maybe 3000 people and then, We have the the benefit of walking out into an almost sold-out style on some nights, right? So we're pretty fortunate to be where we are, and it's kind of nice that the organization does a good job at promoting it and giving theme nights and different incentives to make it a fun atmosphere for fans to come to.
0: Now, uh, you're closing in on some NLL history. Uh, You're sitting currently at 18 assists. You just need six more to break a record set by Eric Miller and Pat O'Toole. Is that something that's in the back of your mind, or is it still, I'm just focused on doing my job, getting these uh, these wins for this team down the stretch?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that all I really care about at this point is we're yeah. going for a home playoff game, right? We've of obviously been fortunate enough to clinch, which we kind of joked that when's the last time that the last four weeks of the season hadn't gone by and we were already in the playoffs, right? So. I think the big thing for us is just not letting off the gas, right, and keep working towards it, right? And obviously, we have an opportunity to gain a home playoff game in the first round, so mm-hmm. we're not going to take that for granted, right? We just have to kind of put on our work boots, and obviously, there's kind of some fun side stuff going on of guys hitting career highs and yeah. stuff like that, but I think that just kind of happens in the process.
0: Now, I know it's, this is kind of a little off topic in, in a little bit, but it, I know, like, have you in any form scored a goal from your position as a goaltender?
1: I think once in junior. Okay. But uh, I'm more commonly known for missing the net. All the guys <laughs> like to, to make fun of me of that. I, I tend to get really close and usually go just over the crossbar, just to the side, right? And uh, some of the guys like to make fun of me and just say that I try to make it too too pretty trying to go right in rather than bouncing it. So Nick DeMute on the, the other side in Panther City, I think he had one this year, so he might be the expert on that. Uh, that uh, topic
0: well maybe you have an opportunity this weekend who knows maybe next time we'll we'll bounce it yeah we'll see <laughs> we'll see okay well thank you so much christian for taking some time out uh out of your morning i know it's a little er- it's an hour earlier there uh for you but uh best of luck this weekend and for the rest of the year for sure buddy we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon
1: awesome chatting to you thanks for having me
0: there you go. There's Christian Del Bianco, goaltender uh, from the Calgary Roughnecks. You want to get uh, tickets. Uh, they're available for that big game against Panther City on Saturday. It's a superhero game. Uh, dress up in your favorite superhero. You know, you've seen the ads on the TV. I'm sure there will be 16,000-plus uh, in there uh, watching that, maybe 15,000. It'll be, it'll be a good crowd for sure there for the Roughnecks. I want to thank uh, Laura over at the Roughnecks for setting that one up. What a place this. Uh some audio from last night. Uh here's uh as the Flames. Massive win. That was just going into Winnipeg. They knew what they had to do. Uh getting a 3-1 win. They now tie Winnipeg at the top of the uh, for the second wild card spot. They do uh do not have the tiebreaker and they are uh still don't have a game in hand. Uh but yeah, this is this is the way it sets up for the Flames right now. It it's it's Vancouver, it's Nashville, it's San Jose. You get two of those at home, and they've talked about making that home ice such a big part, and I think. Going into Vancouver, you're not going to get the same game you got last week. The running gun style. I think, I think like Derek said in the last in the last segment, you're going to want to see the Flames play more of a similar style game to what they played against the Jets on Wednesday. And as for Winnipeg, you know this is this was a team that led the led the entire Western Conference at one point. They've fallen, man. This is it's just it's I know it's just been a crazy season in the Western Conference, but. This group was January twenty-second fighting it out with Dallas for the top of the top of the standings, and now it's uh, they're fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Their schedule closes out with uh, a big game against Nashville tomorrow night on the first half of hockey night in Canada. Then uh, home to San Jose, and then off to Minnesota and Colorado to close this one out. But we'll play some Flames audio right now. Here's Daryl Sutter from uh, yesterday's, uh, or rather, yeah, let's get to uh, Sutter. Yeah, we'll go. We'll just Sutter here. Here's Daryl Sutter uh, post game from last night. We won the game.
2: I mean, the media and, and outside the room's been telling us it's the biggest game or it's where we're over or or how bad we are for since the All Star break. So it's like I tell the players, just block it out, play the game. Did that feel
0: like a playoff game
2: to you out there? The intensity? You know, it's a tough rink to come into. It's awesome, you know, to be on the road and play in a building like this is pretty special right it's a loud building you come in here
0: and how important do you think this victory was in the playoff picture for the team
2: well we're not in it yet okay. so I mean, if we didn't win tonight that's a or if you lo- lose the overtime or, or a shootout you know that's a big swing too so all we did was close the gap bro. this game in Winnipeg was lifted up as a, a big game for them as well did you see that in their game a good hockey club, man. big strong team we had our hands full. I mean, did I see it in their game? I'm not really kind of watching my own team. How would you describe that second period just with all the penalties? Yeah, there was a lot in the first two. You know, there's there's if we get the one killed in the first there's uh, 10 minutes in the first period too yeah. of penalties so there was there was a lot of penalties there's a lot of guys that didn't you know there's any concern mine when you're back-to-backs and all those penalties early, you got a lot of guys not playing, a lot of guys playing too much. What
0: did you think of your goaltender's
2: play tonight? marky has been a rock for us for a couple months now, since, uh, well, we're into six weeks of it now.
1: Some of the guys talked about keeping the game simple. Do you think that was an example of it, Doer's goal,
2: just that wraparound and getting pucks on hill? Thought the line was very effective tonight, scored a goal, and drew some penalties for us, got some on time
0: yeah you're getting a lot of that play out of that fourth line of late Walker Dewar, Milan lucci Trevor Lewis I know we're we're hard on Lucci. We had the big goal against Anaheim. thought he played pretty good last night. They're doing what they have to do. I know it's the <laughs> that Chicago game would have made things a lot more easier uh heading out of the ra- the stretch here, but you know you got to find the points where you can and uh three to go here uh the jets can't if the jets go worse than two one and one and the flames went out. The Flames should be in the playoffs. No problem, obviously. A lot has to happen before that happens. Uh, Here's Jacob Markstrom uh, from last night. Sarah Sutter mentioned how important he's been over the last six weeks. Uh, He was involved with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois a little bit, uh, but he was, in my opinion, he was the main reason why the Calgary Flames came away with the two points yesterday.
3: You know, physicality and emotions and... uh... You know uh, i thought we did a great job coming into this building it's never easy and uh, you know then we knew the the game is you know must win for us and you know it's a big game for them too but you can feel it and, and the crowd was into it but you know great team effort and great win
2: i'm sure you've heard the chatter back-to-back game maybe you'd be tired but you sure didn't look that way how did you feel personally out there
3: no good obviously you know still uh, still pissed off from from the other night and uh, uh, you know I think fed fed into that a little bit coming into this game and you know a little bit more more emotions than usual but you know it was a great atmosphere and a big win but you know we gotta we gotta keep going here how, how you,
0: you see a goalie
1: like hellebuck at the other end Does that also juice you up a little extra as well
2: no
3: it doesn't matter no <laughs> no it doesn't matter I don't uh, I don't I don't have much to do with the with the other goalie I you know try to focus on the players
2: you're in front of you. What did you like about what they did in front of you? From
3: your Good. I mean, you see, you know, especially in the third period, it was, uh, you know, Stetscher had a huge block. And, uh, you know, Lewis, uh, you know, saved a goal, too, on the right behind me, underneath me, pretty much. He put a stick there and, and, and saved a goal. So he, he was, you know, those big plays. And then the timely goals, too, is huge. The Sadorov, uh, obviously, the, you know, the, the second goal to to go up 2-1 and then the Sadorov goal. Uh, comes at a great time, and you know it's nice to get those uh, that little cushion before the before the end.
0: How would you describe that interaction with Dubois and you picking up that penalty?
3: Uh, I wouldn't really describe it it's you know emotion. It's emotions out there, and you know I got a penalty, he got a penalty, and you know too bad we we got another one there, or we got another one for roughing, so we had to to, to kill. But you know obviously the guys did a great job with the kill. Yeah, there's Jacob Markstrom, uh, big
0: big performance from him yesterday, uh, only allowing one goal. Gotta yeah, do it a little bit with uh, Pierre Luc Dubois.
1: Yeah, I didn't really care about that. It's water. I drink it. In the shower like everybody
0: else. All right, Pierre Luc Dubois on water uh, around the break. Uh, we'll replay our conversation with Frank Saravalli, our NHL insider, joins us every Thursday. He'll uh, talk with uh, George and Maddie about last night's game, how this playoff race will shake down, and uh, who is gonna want to. Face the Edmonton Oilers, the Colorado Avalanche, the Western, play, the Western, you know, it's open. It's two teams you don't want to play, it feels like. So here's Frank Air Valley coming up around the break from Daily Faceoff as Big Show Hour 4 continues here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.